from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We will be off for the holiday, though, on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, so enjoy your Monday and Tuesday, and we'll be back with you on Wednesday here a week before the game is going to happen, exactly a week before here on December 21st. The game will be on December 28th for the first time ever. I'm very proud, very happy to have D. Brown on the broadcast. D. Brown, a former running back for Syracuse, also played quarterback in his history, then went on into the NFL and played for the Carolina Panthers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, and the Kansas City Chiefs. I told him I got some of those cards. I used to go to the Dome and watch him play. It's always an awesome opportunity when I have the blessing to speak with a player of any background, especially my hometown of Syracuse, New York, where I could say, yeah, you know what? I used to watch you in the Dome, and I'm not just saying it to say it. It means a lot to me that we connected this past week because D was one of my favorite players to watch. He was one of my favorite running backs to watch, and I watched him when he was with the Carolina Panthers. So with that being said, it's my honor and my privilege to welcome D Brown onto the show and for the kid in me to be excited this morning to finally talk to D Brown. So D, how are we doing today? Great, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And and uh, you know, what do you think of that? I mean the fact that, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm third just turned thirty three and, you know, I used to come into the dome, used to watch you play. And, you know, for me, I mean, what does that do for you when people kind of bump into you and talk with you about it? Because for me this morning and I know that you and I didn't speak about this, but you were one of my favorites to watch in the Dome, so I feel very privileged to have you on the show this morning. Well, Dan, I tell you, I appreciate every word that you just spoke, man. Um, it's always good to run into um, some fans here in my hometown in, in Charlotte and see some Syracuse alum, um, but it's always appreciative to hear you guys say those kind words. Uh, it lets you know that you um, you know, you know, appreciate the effort and what we were able to accomplish while we were there at Syracuse, so I appreciate you. Yeah, and you definitely – had left a mark there. And I want to go back to that time. We're going to talk about a bunch of different stuff today. But, you know, what do you remember about your time at Syracuse? What did you kind of take with you and, and put in your pocket, so to speak, when it comes to Syracuse? I tell you, the, the structure that Coach Pascaloni and, and the guy that uh, mentored me, Coach, Coach Rogers and Coach Walker, the structure that they kind of provided for us, I think really helped us. You a lot of the guys now in their professional and personal lives the structure that they put together for us as far as scheduling, the way we practice, the way we just conducted ourselves on and off the field, the way we travel, it helped us as young men right now. And we may not agree with some of the tactics, we, you know, then, um, but we definitely have benefited from them now. And on the field, you just, um, I think some of us as, as coaches now, well, we take some of the same habits and routines and teach our young men that are under our wings now. So uh, I just take the learning lessons that we have, the life lessons that we learned from uh, that experience and obviously the friendships and the camaraderie that you have with your teammates, those things are everlasting. And so um, those are the things that are, that you remember the most. You played at Syracuse, speaking here with D. Brown, Syracuse uh, running back in their history. You played at Syracuse from 1997 through 2000 when they were part of the Big East. What do you miss about the Big East? Do you miss the Big East? 
Well, it's not the it's not the Big East that I know, um, and so I, I don't recognize the, all the teams in this new Big East. But um, I do miss the old rivalries. I, I do miss the Syracuse Miami. I do remember uh, remember miss the, the Boston College Syracuse battles. And so you you would like to uh, even going to basketball. I'm an avid basketball fan in the Georgetown. Those those um, battles that we had on the court with those guys. You miss those things. You miss what the Big East brought. Um, just as a whole, from a uh, from a conference standpoint, from top to bottom, I think year in year out, we were one of the top conferences then. And so, um, the realignment has kind of changed that, uh, changed the flavor a little bit. Uh, but still, we have to make our mark in this new a- ACC that we're in. And I think uh, you know is doing a great job right now. We're finally on the upswing. I think uh, you know we continue to get some some of those uh, big time recruits that we're getting, some of those Donovan Nab caliber guys, and uh, we'll be on our way to you know top of the charts soon. D, when you when you look back at this and, and you look at, at the history for you, like you said, the realignment, the changes, the Big East became what is now the American Athletic Conference. It only had Cincinnati, UConn, and South Florida as members before it added the other nine that it brought in, and and Navy being one of those teams that was independent forever and a day that's now a part of the conference in, in football only. When you see the Big East dissolve and become just a basketball conference, and the American Athletic really be stripped more than anything and have to build it back up. UConn was the only semblance of the Big East. South Florida was not, and and you know Cincinnati was not, but those were the pieces. When you see realignment and everything that it did in Syracuse and Louisville and in Pittsburgh going to the ACC and Notre Dame still being independent but playing them, you know, a big part of their games against the ACC. And, you know, what's happened with the Big 12 having 10 schools, the Big 10 having 14, their names don't even make sense anymore, the Pac-10 becoming the Pac-12. What did you think of the realignment and all of the changes and the fact that, you know, Rutgers is in the Big 10 and Maryland is in the Big 10? There's been a lot of lot of change in the last decade inside of collegiate football. Well, I think because, uh, well, first of all, there's nothing wrong with understand that and so um, you know with that being said you I think the reason we have this perspective is because those teams that got realigned and, and moved away from the Big East um, haven't had that much big you know success in those other conferences that they had went to if that was the case I think we would say okay well it, does, it did work out but that's that's the reason that we're kind of in the middle of the road the bottom of the conferences and most of those realignments and so that's the, the reason why we have this perspective and that's what it kind of took away it took away not only that but also um, it took away some of the traditions that we're used to. And like I was saying, the old rivalries and things that had some culture to it and, uh, and some definition to it. So those are the things that you kind of miss the most. But change is good. I just um, maybe not all change was, was the real, from a realignment perspective was, was beneficial for everyone. Um, but, you know, it is uh, what it is and we have to move forward with it and try to make the best out of it because uh, we can't go back. So let's, uh, you know, let's see what we can do moving forward. Being in a division in the Atlantic – division of the ACC that features Florida State, who's typically good, Clemson, who's always good under Dabo Sweeney for the most part. You know, you see that. You see Louisville, who will eventually find their way back up, had a tough season after the loss of Lamar Jackson to the NFL. But you see Louisville, you see Clemson, you see Florida State. NC State's gotten better. Wake Forest has gotten better. Boston College under Steve Adazio is now going to their fifth bowl in six years so playing within this division is no cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination. What do you think about where Syracuse is at? Because this year they finished second only to Clemson. They were a few points away from beating Clemson. 
And out of 14 schools in the ACC, if you take both divisions, Syracuse was technically second best out of 14 because they had a better overall record than the Coastal Division champion, which was Pittsburgh. So this year it looks great, but inside of the division they're in, Clemson, Louisville, Florida State, Wake Forest, NC State, Boston College, it's not a cakewalk. What do you think about where Syracuse is, is sitting at as far as divisions go around college football? I think Syracuse is on, is on the upswing, Dan. You have to look at it for what it's worth. Um, every year we're, we're improving and boosting up. You can kind of see what type of personality that Dino is bringing to the program. Uh, Clemson is obviously at the top of the charts right now, and so that's the dog that you have to go and chase. And so I don't think our future in Syracuse is, is, is scared of that uh, obstacle. We can go and get it. And it's just a matter of continuing to be consistent and even uh, taking it to another level in our recruiting and going to get some, you know, some of the top four or five-star guys. And even if it's not four or five-star guys, get you, get you a three-star guy, but know that he's, you know, he's coachable and, and you can uh, project him to be uh, a very uh, big contributor for your program in his early years. And so I think you know, those are the directions that the program is, is going. I think it's a good direction. I think it's, if we continue to prove in those areas, you know, I think Syracuse is right there. Uh, like you said, you look at what we were able to do against Clemson, uh, we had them on the ropes. We should have beat them, let's be honest. Uh, you know, we, we handled Florida State. Uh, Louisville is, is Louisville, and Boston College is always going to be a rivalry game and a tough game because, you know, those those programs know each other. Uh, but I think Syracuse is in a great place, and I think uh, this bowl game next Friday will be a, uh, another uh, uh, position that we can show how strong of a program that we are and we're improving and we're going to evolve to be one of the top schools, top programs in the ACC. That coming from D. Brown, former Syracuse and NFL running back as well. Uh, D, to go back at your time, 1997 to 2000, I want to name off a a few of these guys, you know, uh, that I've, that I've met and have either had part of the show or have at least been around. And that being Donovan McNabb, Kyle McIntosh, Rob Conrad, Nick Sedano, Kyle Johnson, you know, all these, I mean, that's, that's just 97 alone. Ian McIntosh as well. And, and, you know, the, the addition of some of these guys, the Nate Trouts of the world and, you know, the, the Phil Nashes and, and so on and so forth. Obviously, Kevin Johnson, who had success with the Cleveland Browns inside of the NFL. And, and, and on and on and on and on. And Quentin Spotwood was one of my favorites. You know, I, I mean, when we look at Will Allen, we, you know, the, these teams really were something special under Paul Pascaloni from 1997 to 2000. You know, R.J. Anderson, Troy Nunes, uh, Blast from the Past, Madee Williams, you know, Diamond Ferry. You had so many different, talented, amazing players on these teams. Just to go back and speak on your history at Syracuse and the teammates that that you had while you were there. Well, I I just think it goes back to the great job that our coaches did recruiting uh, the entire East Coast. I mean, we always had about seven to eight to ten guys from Florida on our team. Um, We were always had always had you know the overachievers. It was a um, to have that type of talent uh, and to be pushed every day, the competition is what uh, you really don't uh, get reported about and people don't know is that the competition every day was intense. I mean, you were fighting for your job, and so it made the team uh, so much better. And so you had the, those t- caliber guys who maybe not were uh, projected NFL guys when they first got there, but because of that environment that you were um, growing up in, so to speak, um, by the time that you were able to leave there, you were that top tier type of talent and able to be evaluated to go on and play, play more football. And so, uh, you know, that was that was the great thing about it. You, you know, you went out of school that had had a reputation of you know not being productive. You 
experience for me coming from Florida, although being recruited from, you know, those schools down there, Syracuse gave me a shot to continue to play quarterback, and that was one of the biggest reasons that I went. And I love Coach Rodgers for that. And so being up there was a little scary at first, being so far away from home. But, um, you know, it's just, um, you know, like I said, the culture that they've built in the environment, I tell you, that's what the biggest thing was, the competition every day, not only on the, you know, on the field, but also in the classroom. I mean, it was big time in the classroom with the expectations and what you had to do. And so, um, you know, I grew up a lot in my four years there. Speaking here with D Brown, D, you did not have a losing season the entire time. You were at Syracuse in 2000. The team was 6-5, and 99-7-5, 98-8-4, and ranked in the top 25. Your first season in 97, 9-4, ranked 21st in, in, the, uh, in the nation's polls here. Just, you know, what you can say about the success, never having a losing season. I mean, after you were there, you know, Greg Robinson eventually took over. There were, you know, obviously a lot of downs in Doug Marone. There was ups and downs. Schaefer, there was downs with Dino, 4-8, and 4-8, eight, and, eight, and now 9-3. and three. So, you know, between what you did really around your time period and, you know, the, the late 90s, early 2000s, between then and this season – there hasn't been a ton of success with Syracuse. So just what you could say about being a part of that and, and you know, being with this team and, and with Orange and Blue during the years where it was expected that you guys had an above 500 average and it was it was expected that you, you know, went to a bowl game or were ranked in the top 25. Just what you can say about that time period that you had that the Orange is now trying to get back to. Well, it's about time. How about that? Um, that's what we've been waiting for, and I think everyone is doing a great job putting the program in the right direction. Uh, yeah, you talked about it, Dan. You, you know, talk about three uh, Big East championships, consecutive Big East championships. Those were what they call the quote-unquote glory days, and so I'm, I'm glad to see that again. We're in that we're in the upswing, and on that same direction uh, to get back to a place where we were able to dominate, especially coming in the dome. You know, you did come in the dome. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't leave with a win. I mean. Uh, it was just with that type of environment, and uh, that's what we expect. And I think the expectation, uh, the level has, has has gone up, and I think the bar is up now. Back to a uh, to a place where uh, we we notice that, and so I, that's a place where we probably had we probably set that standard back in those late nineties, early two thousand, like you said. And so I think Dino and those guys down up there are doing a great job of getting to that standard. And so uh, that's what we're excited for. And we think the next next Friday will be another opportunity to, to kind of show our dominance. And when you look at, you know, the fact that they're in the history of and – I, and I think Syracuse needs to get back to this. I don't think it. I know that they do. You know, when I talk to kids on the recruiting trail, including, including you know, people that are signing right here in the early signing period that happened on December 18th or December 19th, 2018, happened this week. You know, I, I ask guys about how much do you know about Syracuse, and I can't tell you how many times from year to year to year, really since the movie came out, Oh, well, you know, I watched the Ernie Davis movie. I watched The Express. Oh, I love The Express. I went back and saw The Express. RBU is what Syracuse should be. There's DBU. There's LBU. RBU should be there. Ernie Davis, Floyd Little, Jim Brown, Rob Drummond, Michael Owens. You look through all these guys that have been there. You you know, you were a 1,000-yard back. Syracuse under Doug Brown had a bunch of 1,000-yard backs. There's all of these guys that have had success at Syracuse that have done great things at Syracuse. Joe Morris, 
And, and, you know, the list goes on and on and on. There's so many different players that can speak of what the running game has been like. You're one of those guys that can say that you were a 1,000-yard back in a season. You did it as a senior in 2000 with over a 1,000 rushing yards, six yards a carry. Just what you can say about being a part of that rich tradition and if you feel that Syracuse should really get back to being RBU. Well, I don't think we have to get back to, to being. I think you said it, Dan. People just have to recognize it. Those names, that list of names just kind of, you talk about, you know, you missed, I think, Larry Zonka. Uh, I think you said Nance. Uh, obviously, the, probably the greatest running back of all time in Jim Brown. Uh, it's Jim, Jim Morris. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to put myself, Joe Morris, excuse me. Uh, obviously, myself. And those, uh, it's, the list goes on. Uh, Mookie James Mongrel, uh, Walter Reyes, rest in peace. And so, yeah, yeah that, 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 that's a quality group that you're talking about. And, and we should be, you know, recognized for RBU. A lot of uh, fans will argue with you. And I know uh, if the Edron James or James Jacksons, uh, Clinton Porters of the world will say that it's really, you know, Miami. But I think Syracuse has a long list of uh, productive guys who not only have uh, put on a show in the NCAA, but also, also has been productive in their NFL careers. Uh, so I'm, part of, I'm, I'm very proud then, to be a uh, part of that tradition. Uh, to be among that list of, of great running backs uh, that have uh, honored the, the great orange for the Syracuse Lodgeman. And so um, I, I hope I've, I've made those who have supported me proud. And uh, I, I live in that uh, great tradition of Syracuse running backs. I do. I, I'm proud of it. Yeah, and you mentioned, like you said, you know, you mentioned uh, the Larry Zonkas and, and the James Mungros and whatnot, and Walter Reyes, who, you know, and I will always remember, and Walter Reyes, his connection with the Panthers too, but Walter, you know, had said to me in a conversation that we had, and I think he was with his wife. He might have been driving. I remember what street I was on. He said, "He said, Dan, it's anytime you ever need me, I'm there for you. I'll never forget that. The day I found out that he passed away, I remembered and went back to that conversation where he said, anytime you need anything, it's a pleasure for me to be on the show. I'll always do whatever I can to help you out. And, you know, I want to I wanna put Kyle McIntosh in there because Kyle – and I asked him to do an event over the summer, and he drove five hours just to be there for it. And it just out of the goodness of his heart, we were donating to charity. He didn't make any money off of it. He just did it because he wanted to be a part of it. You know, Rob Drummond, one of my closest friends, and I was actually with Rob last night. And, you know, it, there's there's so much to say about what you guys have done. And, and to speak to the character, I've been in this racket, you know, been been living in this world for 15-plus years of being a sportscaster. I started right around 18. I'm 33 now. And to speak with all of you guys, it has been such a blessing for me because I either read about you or saw something or someone spoke to me about you or I physically watched you in the Dome. But the character of the athlete at Syracuse, I feel like that needs to be spoken about because – when I speak with Marvin Graves or Todd Philcox or yourself or Kyle McIntosh or Ian McIntosh or Rob Drummond or Donovan McNabb or Don McPherson and on and on and on, Rob Conrad and, and so on and so forth, the character of the player that comes to Syracuse and really what it takes, you know, reaching out to you and saying, hey, D, you don't know me. I don't know you. This is what I do for a living. I'd love to have you on the show. And just that response of, yeah, Dan, I'd love to be there. What time do you want to do it? So many of you have been so hospitable, so open, so welcoming that I really feel like I have to shout out the character of the player at Syracuse and and just, you know, give some credence to the fact that you guys really do 
stay out in the community and you're always open to being a part of the show. And I'm thankful for that. Oh, we appreciate it again, Dan. Thank you for, for having us. Uh, it's, a, it's a Syracuse community that we're proud of and proud, proud to be a part of. So uh, anytime one of us, and you are a part of us, uh, reaches out uh, for anything, um, there's somebody with an open ear and a hand to uh, give that assistance. And it's an opportunity to obviously support our guys uh, for you know, a great opportunity next Friday. So, of course, uh, when it comes to Syracuse, you know, football, I was going to be there. So, I, again, I appreciate you for having me. Absolutely. And, and really quick here before we wrap up, I know that you have a connection, obviously, to the state of Florida and a connection to that whole area in Orlando. Just what you're excited about to be going back there and, you know, to be spending some time down there. If you're going to have any type of mini reunion, you know, to tell people kind of where you went to school, your connection down there. And, and if you're looking to do anything special when you go down for the game. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm from, you know, Born and raised in Clearwater, Florida, Pinellas County, but I went to school at Lake Brantley High School, which is there in Orlando. And obviously, uh, uh, everyone is excited. Uh, and I'm excited to be able to get back and have a reunion with family, folks, and uh, you know, obviously supporting my alma mater. Uh, we'll have a former players uh, reunion. Uh, I believe uh, it's, it's an email blast that's going out for Syracuse, and so uh, there's a lot of events that's going on that week, and I'm, I'm looking forward to. You know, obviously being home, getting out of this Charlotte weather, it's a little cold here and wet. And so, uh, you know, I'll be able to enjoy a little bit of sun and relaxation with some family and friends. And that's always a a great opportunity because I don't get to go home a lot with everything I have uh, here. But, um, yes, I'm I'm definitely excited about about getting there um, and having a great great time. And when we look at, you know, the, the current part, we talk about RBU. Dante Strickland's playing his final game at Syracuse. Mo Neal is playing for another season. He's obviously a junior now. Markenzie Pierre is there. Abdul Adams, who transferred from Oklahoma, can play next season. Jarvion Howard has done positive things as a true freshman on the team. And then on top of that, Syracuse has gone into this early signing period and gotten some running backs for their future as well, you know, bringing in uh, Jawar Jordan at the running back position and giving him an opportunity and and you know so I mean what would be your words of advice for the guys that are coming in as the running backs are already there as running backs on the team what what, what do you want them to know as a former running back that went through the carrier dome and through the trenches of Syracuse well I tell you now I hope Dino is listening I really when I get down there I really would love to be able to just talk to those guys face to face um, I watching O'Neal. I'm I'm a fan. I really love the kid. His abilities. Um, I think he's uh, one of the top guys, and I think he's a, he's gonna have a very big game next Friday. Um, but just for the guys coming in, man, it's just to you know just continue to work hard. You know, get better every day. Uh, Herm Evers is a wonderful coach, uh, and, uh, a guy that you know, I'm a big fan of, and he always says, "Don't confuse effort with results." You know, and that's uh, one of the things that I would tell those guys is, you know. Uh, this is a time of this a time in your life where you know results matter, and so if you want to you know be big time in the classroom, be big time on the field, then it's going to take performance, it's going to take focus, it's going to take determination. You're going to get hit, you're knocked on your butt, but you got to get up very quickly um, and, and get ready for the next opportunity, and because that's life. And so things that they're going to see and, and experience as running backs, you know, it's also some life lessons in those things as well. And so just continue to embrace every moment, uh, even right now in the, in the week that they have ahead. Uh, because you never know, you know, bowl games are not guaranteed, you know what I'm saying? So uh, you have to enjoy every moment going into this week. And so that's what I would tell those guys is, you know, just live in the moment. 
how old does it make you feel that Kevin Johnson Jr. is at Syracuse right now? <laughs> wow, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, KJ, I didn't know he, I didn't know the, the little guy was there. That does. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. Dude, I don't feel, I don't feel old at all. All right, so uh, I'm not even gonna let that creep into my mind. <laughs> good. good, I'm happy. The fact that he's there just lets you know that um, life is good. Put it like that. Life is good. Life okay. is I appreciate that. And i got to ask you about, you know, this bowl game. Uh, Will Greer has decided to get ready for his NFL career. You played in the NFL. What Two-part question on this. What do you think about players foregoing the bowl and not participating in their final game is number one? And then number two, just what you think about Eric Dungy and his NFL hopes? Well, I'm, I'm a little uh, biased when it comes to Will Greer. I, I, I'm good friends with his father, and I actually coached against him all throughout his high school years the kid was incredible then, and so um, I, I support you know his his uh, his decision because I understand where his heart is at and what he's trying to do for himself and his family. Um, you know that it's a business decision. I I, I get it. Um, you know I, I understand the old traditional mindset would say you know you're, you're giving up on your team or uh, you're not you know you're not fully invested. But at the same time, you know this is a business decision. Um, and so um, a lot of people look at it that way. And so there are a lot of things going on that you have to consider and health and, and your family and, and future earnings and things of that nature are definitely consideration because who wouldn't? Uh, so, I, you know, uh, I don't necessarily, uh, I'm not against it. I don't support it. I understand it. So um, when, it, when it is appropriate to, to do, I think it's a, a business decision that has to be made. And so you don't look back when you make it and let's move forward. Um, you know, you know, again, this is what I said, Dan. It's, um, it's going to be good for us. What, what was the last question you asked me about Syracuse? With Eric Dungy and just what you think about, you know, uh, what I'm hearing out there right now is that, you know, teams like what he can do. They obviously like his talents, but they're very concerned about his injury proneness. So there, there is that kind of that, could he be drafted on day number three between, you know, maybe rounds five through seven? There's the liking of his tenacity and the liking of how he plays. But then the other side of it is there's a concern of his health. So what do you think about Eric Dungy and his future? Well, I think he reminds me a lot of the, the backup quarterbacks for Carolina and for New Orleans. Um, I mean, he's, he's an athletic kid. He's a tough kid. He's a winner. So uh, he's pretty accurate. So I think um, uh, there's a lot of great intangibles that from a quarterback standpoint that you want on the NFL roster. Uh, from his injury standpoint, uh, I, I, there is a concern um, uh, because he has gotten off the injury. But I also think that's a maturity standpoint. When he gets to the next level, they keep, you know, the quarterback is very protected. And so as long as he learns how to you know, play within your, you know, your strengths, but also know that you are protected by these rules. And so use these things like sliding and things of that nature so you can uh, preserve your body and not get injured. I think he'll... Um, if he just, you know, kind of focuses on that, continues just to do the natural process of being an NFL quarterback, a young guy, he'll have a productive career. Um, but I think he definitely has uh, the, the intangibles to be um, a guy who that you can count on, you know, to win you a couple of games. Um, you know, if you started one down and things of that nature, I think he uh, definitely has those abilities. And when you talk about, you know, comparing him to other quarterbacks, you brought up Carolina's backup and New Orleans backup. New Orleans has Taysom Hill, who has been brought up by other Syracuse players. Uh, Jay Bromley actually brought him up, Jay being a defensive lineman down in New Orleans. And, you know, he spoke about Taysom Hill and how there's kind of that, that you know, look to that, that he could be a utility player. 
you said Carolina. Are you looking at him as, as uh, Taylor Heineke, a, a comparison there too? Yeah. I mean, even if you look at obviously he's not Cam Newton, but if you look at the, just the style of play and the physicality in which they can, you know, they can play with. You know, a lot of quarterbacks can't even play with that physicality, but they do have that ability when, you know, when you need it. Uh, you don't rely on it, you know, so often in the National Football League because you have, you know, guys who can make those plays. But it is an intangible in the way offenses are evolving now. Uh, it's something that you, you know, you consider when you take a guy like Dungey. And so, yeah, I think he's he's definitely like, you know, the two individuals that I spoke of. Uh, but again, you know, he has he has major upside, you know, as well. And so there's a lot of room for him to improve. And he's already very good. So, you know, if you take that into consideration and look at the potential, you know, the sky's the limit for a guy like him. That coming from D. Brown. D. Brown coming to us from Charlotte and coming through the NFL as well as his time at Syracuse. D, I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully I get the opportunity to see you down in Orlando a week from today. So keep in touch with me. Hopefully we can say hello face-to-face, and it would be an honor for me. And I definitely appreciate the fact that you know you reached out and that we got to connect and, and get you here on the show. And hopefully there's plenty more opportunities to come here for you on the broadcast because we've opened a lot of doors and, and, and windows in this conversation where I could kind of keep you on here for another couple hours. So hopefully we can get you back. <laughs> Dan, and the, it was a little and a pleasure. It was all mine. Anytime. And uh, go Cuse and let's get it this Friday. All right, well, I appreciate it. Well, safe travels down to Florida, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Talk to you soon. God bless you. All right, God bless. Take care. Bye. That coming from D. Brown once again. And, you know, you talk about coming full circle from the annoying moment of the week to what just happened. You know, a moment of the week, people don't say Merry Christmas. They celebrate Christmas, but they don't, but they don't believe in God. To the moment right now where D. Brown says, God bless you. And I didn't sneeze. Just saying it out of the goodness of his heart. So thank you to that. You know, those there, there's moments in life where you stop and you say, you know, I'm really upset about this. And then this happens. And then all of a sudden, you feel better. So God bless to, to D. Brown. And it's great. And it's really an honor for me to hear those words. So, oh, man, that was good to hear. I appreciate it, D. Thank you for that.